Welcome from Iraktiv. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, Digital Media Editor, and this is the Digital Brief Podcast. This week, we take a closer look at side loading, giving the voice to app developers. For an overview on all things digital in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website Euractive.com. This is Euractive's Digital Brief Podcast. I'm joined by Damian Sheradan, founding partner of Sheradan Partners and legal counsel for the Coalition for Apple Fairness. Thank you, Damian, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So uh, you are here speaking in your capacity for the Coalition for App Fairness on the site loading issue. Uh, site loading means essentially opening up operating system for smartphones to other um, app stores, uh, something which has been opposed by Apple, uh, especially we have heard um, from a senior vice president in the um, web summit in Lisbon two weeks ago, uh, making a strong case against site loading. Site loading is one of the key provisions of the Digital Markets Act, DMA, which is getting close to the finishing line. So, uh, Damian, could you please tell us what is your uh, point of view on the site loading discussions? I don't like very much the notion of site loading because it it looks like something that is bad. And the notion has been, you know, to some extent polluted by Apple itself by being so adamant against it. In fact, it simply means downloading an app outside the Apple App Store. That means that you can download it from an alternative app store or directly from the internet. That's what site loading is about. Now, Apple invokes a variety of arguments against site loading, the main one being security. Um, We all care about security and uh, the purpose is certainly not to give a hand to cyber criminals. Um, But on side loading, we believe that um, security can be ensured through other means that the App Store review. Well, one of the arguments uh, Apple is making is essentially that if they don't have this uh, single entry point, then you basically lose control over the entire uh, system. So... Please elaborate on how you can maintain security while opening the door for more uh, app markets. If you have a Mac computer, you can download an application outside the Mac App Store. And it doesn't mean that there's no security. In fact, Apple provides for a system of notarization, which means that if you're an app developer, you can have your app reviewed, your app scanned for malware. And once you have done that, if someone wants to download your app, well, then that person will see a pop-up appearing on the screen with a warning indicated, this is the app you want to download. And Apple has reviewed this app and didn't find any malware. And then you can decide either to proceed to open, or you can decide to cancel. 
So we think that this process of notarization could be an interesting approach. What we find, of course, interesting is that uh, Mr. Federighi, who's um, you know vice president of, of Apple, um, basically said, well, you know, this process is not ideal and we have a malware problem um, with, uh, uh, with the Macs. Now, if you look on the Apple website, um, Apple claims that Apple Macs are very safe and that you can download apps from the App Store, but also from other sources, other App Stores or directly from the internet without creating any security risks. So we find that this position, is a, this, this, position this recent position of Apple is a little strange. And we think that there should be a way to decouple distribution of the apps from ensuring the security of the apps. And, um, you know, just Apple shutting the door to any alternative solution. One of um, the points Apple is making is also that the fact that there is a fee in their official app store is, is precisely to pay for such security, uh, which is not only uh, scanning for uh, malware, but also social engineering, for instance, apps that try to uh, disguise themselves as something they're not, and maybe they get access to your photo or your data, and uh, they share it with someone else, or they try to lock it in for ran ransomware. So how exactly uh, can this system uh, be in place without uh, any remuneration for Apple? There are various estimates about the fees that are collected by the App Store, and it's generally between 15 and $20 billion. It's a lot of money. I mean, we understand why Apple is so keen on these fees, right? Now, Apple has always refused, despite its repeated requests from public authorities, including the U.S. Senate, to provide the cost of running the App Store. Now, we heard during a hearing at the US Senate that these costs should be around $100 million. So you see that there is a wide gap between the fees collected by Apple and the cost of the App Store. Even if no fees were collected, the App Store is absolutely essential and would still be monetized in multiple ways. First, uh, Apple collects a fee of $99 from each uh, app developer, and there are millions of them, and it's an, uh, it's an annual fee that already makes probably, you know, well over a billion dollars, possibly two. One area that is in full expansion is uh, search advertising. Um, in other words, the fees that apps pay to be discovered on the App Store. It is estimated to be around $5 billion this year. It could increase substantially in the future. So, and on top of that, of course, Apple makes a lot of money by selling expensive equipment. 
So there's a big difference between um, platforms that have only one source of revenues, such as, for example, firms like Expedia or Booking.com. Android has had several large-scale um, cases of malware, and Apple is making the case that this was due to the fact that the apps were not reviewed. So doesn't that suggest that the, there is a need for strict um, security revision for the, for the apps? Apple would like to create the illusion that the App Store only contains, you know, wonderful apps. It's full of scams. Um, there is a growing, you know, concern about, you know, fraudulent applications being found on the App Store. Um, you know, one member of the coalition, um, uh, Mr. Elefteriu, which created FlickType, um, is actually hunting these, you know, malfunctioning, these malware apps on, on the App Store. That's the first point. The second point is that I'm not entirely sure that Android is the right counterfactual. Um, certainly, things can be done better than an Android, but it still doesn't require that it is done through the App Store review process. Let me make two points. First of all, alternative app stores. If alternative app stores were authorized on iOS devices, Apple could perfectly set very high standards of security for these app stores to be, you know, authorized on the devices. Even if you look at the DMA provision, that would allow start loading, although I don't like the concept, as I mentioned, which is Article 6C of the current version of the DMA, it would still allow Apple to impose necessary and proportionate measures to ensure the security of devices. So it's not as if any alternative app store could make its way to iOS devices. Nothing would prevent Apple from adopting necessary and proportionate measures to ensure the security of the devices. And Apple has nothing magic. I mean, there are a range of very capable firms that could, you know, ensure security. Again, if you think now about apps that would be directly downloaded from the internet, What I would plead for would be a process of notarization of the apps, which could be improved compared to what is done by uh, Apple currently, but also could have exactly the same ingredients as the App Store review process. As part of this notarization process, you could also have human review. I should also mention that Apple very often says, well, human review is necessary. It might be the case, but if you look at human review at the moment on the App Store, Apple says itself that there's only 500 human reviewers. It's not that many when you think that there are more than 2 million apps on the App Store and apps, you know, produce new builds. In other words, new version of the apps 
sometimes on a weekly basis. So I wonder sometimes what these 500 human reviewers are capable of doing. But once again, this could perfectly be done outside the App Store on an ex-ante basis in a very rigorous way and perhaps in an independent way. That's that for the security standards. But uh, how can we ensure that, for instance, there is no race to the bottom uh, for what concerns uh, data protection? For instance, if an app that has made its business model uh, based on harvesting data, uh, wouldn't they be tempted to go on app stores that are, let's say, that have less uh, strict uh, privacy standards? If you think about privacy, let's not forget that following the so-called ATT measures, apps now have to give the choice to the users whether they accept to be traced or not. So already there's a built-in system uh, created by Apple to give full user choice about whether or not they allow their data to be used for advertising purposes. What is quite funny actually is that when it suits them, Apple is willing to give consumer choice to users, but then they say that consumer choice is a bad thing when it comes to security because it would force users to make, you know, complicated decisions. That is not the case. Choice could be made in a fully informed manner, as it is the case thanks to the notarization process. What is the international setting around uh, forcing Apple to open its app store? The US Open you know, App Markets Act is also going in that direction. In the UK, Apple is investigated. They have also a market study on mobile eco, um, ecosystems that is ongoing. So I think you really see a constellation of initiatives in order to open app stores. And if you want my opinion, I think that, um, you know, Apple and Google are will probably fight until the last man. But, um, you know, the outcome is unavoidable. What is the reasoning for uh, having only Apple's payment system? And what, what are you asking exactly? It would be impossible for Apple to collect its commission of 30% or 15%, depending on the circumstances, without IAP. Now, there is something that is quite interesting, I must say, which is that in reaction to the Korean law, Google said that they will allow third-party payment system. So if Apple can still collect a commission while authorizing third-party in-app payment system, it's impossible to understand why Apple couldn't do the same. And they surely could. If you think about OTAs like Expedia and Booking.com, they charge a commission to hotels. 
yet they don't impose their own in-app payment system. You can pay with your credit card, you can pay with PayPal, and so on and so forth. Um, you can even pay at the hotel, and yet they collect their commission. So I think that this idea that no commission could be collected, assuming a commission would be due, without using this payment system, is really pure fiction. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Now, why do we want competition? We want competition because competition means innovation, means payment system that will be better, you know, better uh, fitting with uh, categories of apps. Um, it will also give the app developer the customer relationship, which is it loses once they have to use IAP. And having the customer relationship means that you can provide better user care, that you can facilitate refunds, that you can do all sorts of things. Finally, the mandatory use of IAP also gives Apple the possibility to collect commercially sensitive data, such as name of the user, you know, credit card details, location, age, and so on and so forth, that the provider of the service, the app developer, cannot collect, although it provides the service. And in fact, in most instances, uh, the user of the app is absolutely convinced that the relationship is with the app rather than with Apple. So there are a million good reasons why you would wish to have competition in in-app payment system. That's all we got time for this week. Don't forget to sign up to our free digital brief newsletter to receive a comprehensive overview on all things digital in the EU. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I'm your Luca Bertuzzi and thank you for listening. Okay.